Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. We are picking up a new series now that the Christmas season is coming uh, right upon us just within a few weeks. It'll be here before you know it. And so we wanted to begin uh, discussing some of the themes and um, important topics of Christmas. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted us uh, to focus on as we get closer and closer to Christmas is just the importance of keeping uh, Christ central to the Christmas holidays, and I know we hear about this quite a bit, um, at least in church circles, about how we've gotten away from the true meaning of Christmas, and you hear things like uh, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season and, and things of that nature, and that's all true, and uh, we do need to keep that uh, in the forefront of our mind throughout the Christmas season, because the fact of the matter is, uh, Christmas can really get crowded out by um, good things, um, but but things that aren't central uh, to what Christmas is truly uh, to be about and what should make it special uh, to our hearts. You know, uh, just uh, here uh, within the last few weeks, there have been so many events and things going on, not only in the church, but also in the community. People are uh, having uh, Christmas cantatas and plays. Uh, um, just here recently, there was the, the Nutcracker play that, uh, uh, a lot of people that I know went to, we recently went to the Mount Airy, um, uh, parade, which was, uh, really great. It was amazing. It, it seemed like it, it, it was a very long parade. I think they were circling around a couple times that, uh, we, we viewed them, but, um, you know, then, then there's shopping, uh, you know, uh, people are going to uh, stores, running themselves ragged, trying to buy things that people don't need, so that people can stuff it in their <laughs> closets uh, and will remain there for for who knows how long. Um, and you know, all these things are, are they're they've become a part of our culture. They've become a part of Christmas. You know, getting together with friends, family, coworkers. These are all. None of these things are bad. None of these things are are things that are uh, negative in and of themselves. But when you begin compiling so many things one on top of the other and in such a small period of time, it can really begin to crowd out our schedules, crowd out um, our, our ability to focus on what Christmas is really all about. And that's what I want to focus on over the next few weeks as we get closer and closer to Christmas is how can we make sure that we keep Christ in the center of what we do during the holidays? And you know, this isn't really a thing that is unique to our day and time. This isn't something that just cropped up within the 20th or 21st century. The very first Christmas, uh, um, Christ uh, in many ways was crowded out then as well. Uh, there was just so much going on. There was uh, no room uh, found for him in the end. Uh, th there was a, a lot that happened to really drown out the coming of the Messiah that very first Christmas. And that's what I want to focus on uh, here today as we begin this discussion of how can we begin guarding against being distracted against all the various things uh, that try to crowd out Christmas and how can we focus on Christ. Uh, I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 2 uh, verses 1 through 7. And here, uh, this is a very famous passage of scripture and it just really shows a lot of what the first Christmas was all about and, and some of the things that were going on during that time. It says this in Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Cornelius was governor of Syria. 
and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And again, I just want to bring our attention to this very uh, familiar passage of Scripture as we think about Christmas, as we think about how even the very first Christmas uh, was busy. Uh, there were many things going on. Uh, lots of things were crowding out uh, the arrival of the Messiah. Uh, but we need to pay close attention to the fact that uh, there was something unique going on on the earth during that time. And it was something that we, even today, need to take time from our busy schedules to focus in on and to remember and to celebrate that God would love us so much that he would send his one and only son to this broken world. And not in some palace, but in, in, uh, in a manger in this small little provincial town. And here we see just the, the humility um, of Jesus that he didn't come with pomp and circumstances, but um, lowly uh, to this uh, young family and to bless those who were pushed to the fringes of, so of society. Now, whenever I come to this passage, I always am reminded uh, of how even the scene here that we, we see where Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem is depicted. We all have images of what this looks like. We've seen movies, uh, we've uh, seen plays, we've read stories, and um, and while I don't want to uh, dismantle any of that, uh, again, I think what um, what really occurred that first Christmas has been crowded out, just like our holiday. It's been crowded out uh, with a lot of cultural um, ideas and imagery and things like that. For one, uh, we we typically think of Mary and Joseph going from uh, building to building, knocking on doors. Uh, trying to find uh, a hotel room, an inn room where they could lodge for the night while she gives birth uh, to her son. Uh, but that's probably not exactly what happened. Um, again, let's just think through uh, what was going on in that culture. Joseph is going to his hometown. This is a place where his family uh, was very prominent in the sense that generations upon generations upon generations uh, lived in this town. His family would have been uh, well-known in this area. It's much like uh, many uh, people who've grown up in Mount Airy uh, all their life. Uh, their family is known. Their family name is known. It's not like they're strangers uh, to be turned out into the cold. And so Joseph would have been going back to his hometown where he would have had family who were also either already there or would have been going there to register. And again, remember, in this uh, particular culture at this particular time, hospitality was a huge deal. And so it was a cornerstone of their of their culture. Even strangers, if they came and knocked on your door, you would invite them in. You would show them hospitality. It was a great um, act of shame to turn anyone away. And so the fact that Mary and Joseph would have been going to Joseph's hometown, uh, the fact that their culture naturally is um, would give you the shirt off their back because of uh, their emphasis on hospitality, um, all point to the fact that they, Joseph and Mary most likely did not 
we're not looking for a hotel room or a public house or a public inn for them to stay, but we're going to family. But a lot of people upon hearing that would look at the text and say, well, hold on, wait a second. It says there was no room found for them in the inn. It doesn't say for the house or for the family. It says inn. But we have to remember that that is a, a translation of a Greek word. And the Greek word that's used there in Luke is the word kataluma. Now, kataluma basically means a guest room. It doesn't mean to be a public house. In fact, there's a completely different word used for a public house or what we would think of as a hotel or motel. And that is the uh, the Greek word patadoshe, uh, which is used by Luke, the same person who wrote this gospel account uh, in Luke chapter 10. And it uh, was used of the Good Samaritan who found uh, the individual who was beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. He picks him up. He takes him to what is a uh, a public house, a a, um, a hotel uh, in their day and time, and he uses this word patadoshe, and he doesn't use the word that Mary and Joseph found there. That kataluma, kataluma means a guest room. So think of a family house. Think of if you went to go visit family in another town, and they have their own. Um, bedroom, but then they have other maybe guest bedrooms there in their house. What this text is basically saying is there were no more guest rooms in this particular house where Joseph and his family were staying. All of his family were coming together uh, to be registered for this, and so there was no more room for Mary and Joseph to stay in the guest room in the house. Instead, they had to stay in what was the, um, the manger of the house. Now, again, in that day and time, the animals a lot of times didn't stay outside because they could uh, sometimes get away, uh, sometimes uh, they could be stolen, and so a lot of times uh, at night you would bring the animals inside the house, and on the lower floor is where the animals would stay, they would sleep, uh, things of that nature. And so uh, that is where most likely what Luke is trying to um, communicate to us, that's where Mary and Joseph had to stay. That's where Jesus was born in a very full family house uh, with lots of people. There was no room in the guest area of the house, and so they had to stay uh, with the animals there in the house. It was probably very crowded, probably very noisy, and that's what was going on there. Now that's not, again, not to take away of what was going on that first Christmas. It's simply to say that um, much like many of our holidays, that first Christmas was crowded, it was noisy, it was loud, there was lots of things going on, and uh, the birth of the Messiah who would save the world uh, was really overshadowed by all the things going on in the Roman Empire, overshadowed by all the things going on in, in the family and in the town. Uh, and, and so in many ways, it mirrors what we see in our day-to-day life. Now, I want to pause there for a second as we, as we think through this idea of how Christmas, the birth of the Messiah, can get crowded out by all the busyness of life. I want us to just think through what are some things that we can do to begin making more time for Christ and for Christmas. Uh, we, we look at how busy things get. We look how crowded out things can get. What are some things that we can do to make sure that we focus in on Christ among, uh, uh, among all the, the hectic uh, hustle and bustle of the holidays? Now, I just want to uh, suggest three things that maybe uh, we could do to make more room for Christ. First thing is, maybe there are some things that we should just cut out. Maybe there's some things, even good things, I'm not just talking about bad things, but good things that we may need to think about cutting out for the holidays to make more room for Christ and for us to be able to not stress as much and more rest in, uh, in Christ and think on Him and what He's done. 
this may mean that there's some busyness of running around doing things and, and and getting prepared for things that we need to just kind of scale back. Maybe it doesn't have to be as big and elaborate. Maybe it doesn't have to be uh, as cram-packed full of activities. Maybe we can just cut out some of the busyness so we have more time to focus on what's really important about the holiday. Maybe that means cutting out some of the traditions. Uh, maybe there are things that you've grown up with doing uh, throughout most of your life, but you realize that you're so busy with doing various traditions and family uh, rituals during the holiday that you need to uh, that you've crowded out Christ and you need to scale that back a little bit and, and sometimes that's really hard and sometimes that really upsets some people but we need to realize there are different things that we do at different seasons of our life and what we used to do at, at one point uh, with our families during the holidays maybe that's something that we can't do anymore or maybe we shouldn't do anymore because it's crowding out what's most important about the Christmas season so maybe there are just some things to prayerfully think about cutting out of your holiday time so that you can focus more on Christ. And then there's also things that maybe we need to add in. Uh, we need to add in some things, not just cut things out, but add in things that add value and add more Christ focusedness, uh, if that's even a word, uh, to, to focus more on Christ during uh, the holiday season. Maybe we need to um, do some times where we're reading passages of scripture, where we're praying for various needs and people. Or maybe uh, there are some ways that we can add into our holiday celebrations true service and true giving uh, instead of just buying stuff to be buying stuff things that people don't need or or whatever it may be maybe we could actually spend some time serving others in a really meaningful way what maybe that could mean going to a soup kitchen maybe that could just mean going to a shut-in and 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 uh, cleaning out cleaning their yard or or whatever it may be but ways that you could actually serve and give so that you can truly honor christ who who came and gave so much uh, to us. And then thirdly, not just uh, should we cut some things out or maybe add some things, but maybe just approaching things. that You don't have to cut them out. You don't have to add to them, but just doing things that you would normally do, but doing it with a, maybe a different perspective, a different um, vantage point as you approach certain things, whether it be opening gifts, uh, gathering together around the table with family, whatever it may be, if you approach it with uh, a different attitude or a different perspective, sometimes it can add greater meaning to those typical holiday uh, endeavors that we do. And so, again, as we approach Christmas, let's not um, forget the reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's not for the lights or the food or all the various traditions that we do, as great as they are, um, but it's because of Christ. It's what he has done for us. And so uh, that means we may need to move things around and rearrange some things so that Christ remains the center of our life and the center of our Christmas celebration. So uh, with that said, uh, as we, uh, we're going to leave it there. And as we continue through this series over the next few weeks, I hope that you will prayerfully consider how you can make Christ more and more the focus of your holiday celebrations. So we're going to leave it there. I hope you take care. God bless. We'll see you back here next week as we continue to search for uh, Christ in Christmas.